Hello everybody and welcome to WTS192. My name is Danny Murray. And I am Graham Merrigan. Alright, how are you this week, Merrow? Good, yeah, yourself? I am absolutely tremendous and I'm tremendous for a very good reason, Graham, because after months, years, hours of hard labouring on this, I have finally won and got another rugby podcast i'm happy i'm a very, very happy boy another rugby podcast oh <laughs> you haven't known for a while yeah i don't get to do them often so you know um but i mean we're in the midst of the biggest tournament in the world and arguably the probably third biggest tournament in the world kicks off on friday so it'll have kicked off by the time this goes out and there's no better man to talk to than the man he was being on this podcast before, no less, way back in chapter 50, and he is fronting up on the Pro 14 in terms of broadcasting communications, the one and only Adam Redmond. Thanks very much, Danny. Although, a bit of bad news for you, I'm going to try and hijack this and talk about The Simpsons and wrestling, so... <laughs> uh, no, that's I, cool, yeah. talk, I actually want to say that um, I waxed the hairs in my nostrils earlier on, and I feel great. That's actually, Merrill, we've got quite a good view of that here on Skype, so it's a yeah. very tidy job, very professional. Make sure always water, but it's 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 a great relief. You might get a job doing it's a few nixers a there, Merrill. What's that, Adam? You might get a few jobs doing a few nixers, you know. <laughs> Men, men's facial grooming, you know. Nostril it's been a hot over. topic on this. It's been a hot topic on this podcast several times, where we've talked about how uh, nasal hair trimmers just aren't sufficient Shit. enough. They don't do. They don't do a good enough job. They don't. You're, you're always left with one or two annoying ones that you can feel when you're breathing through your nose. But but the waxing, you might be onto something there, Graham. Because oh, if man. you give me another, just, give, get... give me another look. Those I mean, are flawless. A whistle. Flawless a whistle. I, you, you can eat your put a video dinner and I would have It's the, like the Brazilian <laughs> of nostrils. <laughs> Tell you, man. You could eat your dinner out of those things. Your eyes water when you pull them out initially, boy. You do feel great. And there's no, like, there's no itchiness. Or there's no, like, as you said, we were talking for ages about the trimmers. And the trimmers are all crap. But Real you need clear. to get these nose waxer things in boots. They're about 18 quid. Sensational. That's pricey, though. That is pricey. It is pricey, but when you have the smoothness of a smooth nostril and you can breathe, you feel great. Do you feel like your lung capacity has increased off the back of you having unrestricted nostril breathing ability? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I want to ask both of you a question. Um, the Rugby World Cup has obviously started. How's, can, can both of you... Uh, Give us an update on how that's going. Although this will go out on Sunday, but up and we're recording well, on oh, what night is it? Wednesday night. Yeah. <laughs> how, well, well, going well, so far? I I've loved it, and and we will get through we work up. But I think, given given we have Adam on board, I think it, it it will be only fitting that we kick off with the Pro 14, and we can we can move on to the Rugby Cup shortly. How come club rugby still goes on when the Rugby World Cup's on? Good question, Graham. Very good question. Um, well, to cut a long story short, we've uh, the season has moved forward by a month this year, so there's a little bit of an overlap. But um, yeah, it's just very hard in in the whole global rugby season 
to separate club rugby weekends from international weekends because nobody's really prepared to budge and make their competitions shorter or you know work sort of harmoniously like my preference would be that you had a club season followed by an international season it's kind of why they do it in australia new zealand and all and then um, doesn't work too bad for them i think they've won about five or six world cups between the two of them so um so yeah we've a bit of overlap but um I suppose the thing is, if you're watching Leinster or Munster or any of these teams over the next few weeks, you're going to see fellas emerge. You'll probably be the stars of the next World Cup. So we were just looking at the numbers there. The last, <clears throat> the last couple of World Cups during that time in the, in the Guinness Pro 14, you've had, uh, you've had about 60 players make their first appearances in senior rugby, and then they've gone on to be internationals. So you don't know who you might see emerge in the next couple of weeks, and the, uh, the. T- Times in Japan, everything's starting quite early in the morning. And then our games are on sort of afternoon and evening. It's uh, yeah. If you want to, if you want to mainline rugby into your veins, you'll have at it. That's it. That's it. And th- this year, you're, you're, so I'm I'm, just, I'm a little bit curious in terms of Pro 14 and in terms of how the the conference and structure is is going down. I I like it. I think it's working. But I know I still see some people saying like, oh, I'm not too mad about this conference structure and one thing and the other but like from from your point of view like do you think it's working yeah we think it's doing a good job obviously kind of um i mean look the when we were bringing in two extra teams uh the the best way to do it without you know ending up with another three or four weeks in the season which nobody wanted was to split the league into two conferences and uh look everybody kind of gets to play each other at least once you play all your your derby rivals you get to play them home and away so that's yeah. all sorted and i think the proof is in the pudding like we've the knockout stages the last two years have been absolutely brilliant because we've had uh we've had sort of like a, a quarter final stage and semi-finals whereas previously we just had semi-finals so we're getting more sort of knockout rugby and uh, i don't think anyone can argue with leinster winning it the last two years they've been the best team and uh if we were getting a team that didn't deserve to win it maybe you could say it's not working um i suppose that's just what you kind of have to say to the casual fan look just trust that um the best teams get to the business end of the season and uh, then you get um some pretty entertaining games but uh i would say that and the in terms of the, the two additions in the, the south african teams that joined um i know there's always rumors of a tour south african team or potentially a north american team or do you think there's scope to bring in more or is kind of 14 uh, let's to keep it there like i oh, know that's not your decision but like you know what, what do you reckon oh uh, well i think 14 is working at the moment but the way it's all set up is that we can bring in extra teams if uh if it makes sense so you got to take a couple of boxes you gotta you gotta bring a competitive team to the table it's got to work for the tournament it's got to enhance the 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 brand it's got to make uh it's got to be a team that comes in that people go wow that's that's a deadly team with loads of international players that type of thing so you know if you know another team come in from south africa it's got to be like you know the stormers or the bulls or one of these teams who comes in just locked and loaded a load of spring bucks uh the north american thing they've set up major league rugby in the last couple of years and that's kind of like you know i suppose it's kind of like a league of ireland nearly like it's 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 small scale but it's it's built up a, a pretty hardcore fan base and i think that's the thing like if if you set up a team in north america in like boston or washington or something like that you'd have to stack it full of foreign players because you wouldn't have good enough local players uh they probably wouldn't win early on 
Like, who's going to go and watch that? There's no connection to them. Now they've got, like, team in Seattle, team in Houston, uh, team in New York, and, like, other places. And they're getting, like, three, four, five thousand 5,000 people turning up each week. And they're building that connection with the team. So, you know, maybe in five, six, seven, eight years when they're getting bigger crowds and it's more established and the quality keeps going up, maybe then you say, right, you take the best of that league and then they they form one team that plays in another tournament and, uh, you know, maybe you tour them around a bit so that all those fan bases you've built up all get a taste of, like, you know, top-class professional rugby. So, uh, yeah, look, yeah. doors always open. Like, you know, <laughs> we're, across, we're across five uh, countries and we're probably the opposite of Brexit. Like, you know, we're sort of like, we're open-door <laughs> policy. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of, look, yeah, look, we're 14 at the moment, but, yeah, that may change in the future and um, be exciting. <laughs> Love it. Um, and- in terms of the, the upcoming season, Dan, anything that you're particularly excited about, Adam? Um, just getting a bit of routine back in the job and just seeing everything. Uh, <laughs> when you've got a fixture list to <laughs> kind of work off, life is uh, much easier. Um, no, it's great. Look, we, we have a final in Cardiff this 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 year. Uh, because the season's moved on, that's going to be on the 20th of June. So if we don't get loads of sunshine, there's just no justice in the world. And yeah. uh, if you've been in Cardiff for a weekend or a night out, uh, it's a quality place. So, um, you know, I've worked a couple of finals here in uh, in Dublin. And that's grand because, you, like, you know Dublin, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to a night out in Cardiff afterwards because... Uh, Hell of a lot of work goes into those games, and uh, yeah, it's always good to enjoy it afterwards. So yeah, the night out in Cardiff probably <laughs> <laughs> next June, twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, might have to have a few practice runs between now and then. So yeah, any excuse, any yeah. excuse. And actually, we're in the yeah. we're in the Cardiff City Football Stadium as well. So um, a few of us are going over to Wales, and I think it's Croatia next next month. So just to kind of see behind the scenes how it all works. So yeah, yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? You have to do one of those little recce missions, don't you? I'm sure like it'll be all very above board and all very sensible. There'll be no gallivanting afterwards whatsoever. Uh yeah, it'll be grand. I think it's a Sunday, so there'll be nothing going on on Sunday night. It's grand. It's grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They have to travel over on Saturday though. Your screen keeps going on. Um, that's probably a good thing. There you go. Maybe it's like <laughs> stepping into stepping into the darkness, you know? So that's not the you only yeah, yeah. Well, for people who people obviously can't see us, but um, just to set the scene that like um, someone, one of us, who's not me and it's not Merrow, is in a bedroom that I definitely think Mark Bosnich and Dwight York are going to appear in any minute now wearing their skirts, <laughs> <laughs> and a whole host of hungover <laughs> guests. It's all about to get you there. What What do you think, Danny? <laughs> Look, all I can say, lads, is Port Leash has a lot happening in it. And rather, Who knows rather, what's going to happen? Uh, a lot of yeah, I mean, internal communities. That's what I'd say. I mean, if I was an ex-Premier League footballer with a shady past, I would certainly look for the obscurity of a Midlands destination to have promiscuous fun in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> promiscuous? What a word! Well, you can't say it, but so it must be. <laughs> <laughs> My words are better than your words. Da, da, da. Absolutely. Yeah, that, well, that's how we go on this podcast. I like to use big words, and Graham likes to, you know, not use big words. Like, um, he likes to wax his nostrils. That's very true. He does. He does. Once I do that, I'm happy and content. This is it, uh, I, I, I know this might be a bit of a... No, this won't be a spoiler if this is going out on Sunday. Yeah, so, right. Merrill, can I update as uh, Rochdale keep piling in the goals against United now whenever my phone beeps? What? Are, are Rochdale beating Man United? No, but 
but they're about to kick off, so it won't take long, I'd say, at this rate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Jeez, I thought they were winning, beating them. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to just uh, turn the notifications on for that myself, because the, the misery of being a United fan these days, uh, I'm a glutton for punishment, you know what I mean? Well, I must say, the bus on the um, I got my uh, I got my homework that Danny gave me to do before the show. Uh, I got that done yeah. just uh, just early enough so I could enjoy the best of Roy Keane on Sky Sports before I got off the bus. <laughs> I love it. That performance. Do you know what? I, do, do you know what, Roy? I, like I'm like I, Roy Keane at the moment for me. I'm just kind of like he's controversy for controversy's sake. I feel at times, right? But what I the best moment. Two yards. His, two yards. Yeah. The best moment of his first weekend on Sky Sports was Graham Souness saying, there's no such thing as a little bit pregnant. That was a fucking brilliant line. I don't care who you are. When, he was th- when they were talking about VAR, and they were talking about, but he's, he's only a tiny bit offside. I mean, and, and Graham Souness was just, no such thing as a little bit pregnant. I.e., if you're offside, you're offside. There's no such thing as a little bit offside. Or, do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I, just, right. that's funny. I loved him putting Carragher back in his box and Carragher's talking about Suarez. And we almost won the league. And Kane's like, yeah, almost. That's not what yeah, the league. Almost, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was brilliant. His off-the-ball road show was brilliant. I saw that, yeah. He's... I, I just think it. he needs to give it He needs to give it up with Ferguson. Like, Just get over it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. Everybody's had a tough breakup in their lives. You know, Carrying it with you bloody 10 or 11, 12 years later. Like, He just... You know, like he's never gonna give Ferguson forgive him. Like it's just. Are you saying it, that just as a Man United fan and and the romantic side to it? Well, no. Like I like I idolized Roy Keane, you know, when I was younger. But I think Roy Keane, the the who he is now, kind of. I think like yeah, he's interesting to listen to on a lot of things. But I think he just personally, he like he hasn't. He just won't let some stuff go. And I wouldn't be Ferguson's biggest fan. Like everybody thinks Fergie was absolutely brilliant. He got all the results. But then like this whole high moral uh, ground by United not giving Mourinho the job after uh, after Fergie left like because he didn't act in the right way Fergie was an animal he was an absolute animal the way he treated people at times and of course just because you won as many titles as him and he's got a knighthood you know you forget that and then like United wouldn't be in the trouble they're in if they'd just given Jose the job in 2013 but sure they brought him never, never thought of that there you go always yeah, yeah, I'd I'd be similar to you, Adam, in the sense of like I like there was a point in time where Roy Keane was infallible as far as I concerned or as far as I was concerned and I wouldn't have a bad sentence or bad word said about him. Now I'm a little bit kind of like, oh Jesus Roy, you're just coming across as a bitter, bitter old man now. Come on, like let it go. I know, I'd be no. similar with the stance on Fergie and I'd be similar enough in the stance on Fergie as well, in the sense of yeah, obviously one of the greatest, but at the same time it's you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Like, very, very little crack out of that, I'd say. Come here, let's change the subject because all the Liverpool fans listening to this will be just delighted with their lives. Yeah, that's oh, used a, to love it when they were miserable. Very true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think Roy's just box office always, and he's in, and you're always just gonna listen to what he has to say. Ah, oh, no doubt, no doubt. Nah. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sold on him in the sense of I think he's a bit of a one-trick pony. It's a good trick, though. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. Look, it is a good trick, but anyway. Um, yeah. Look, the. Do you know what? Let's go straight. You said about homework there a second ago, right? So, uh, somebody. Hang on, I get their name. 
tweeted us in 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 the build up to the Rugby World Cup. Um, Adam Winston uh, broke out. Uh, WWF slash just wrestling rugby fifteen, and I thought this is a brilliant idea. WWE. And given that the three of us are comp- well, now you're gonna see why I'm saying WWF slash wrestling now in a second. If you'll hold your wish, please, Graham Merrigan. Thank you. Thank you. Um, your wish. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Full primary school teacher there, lads. Um, Danny's got the list of words that he wants to use in every show written down there beside him, hasn't he? Yeah. 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 I'm building. I'm building towards pierogue now in a second. Um, <laughs> Pro's or prorogue? G- I can't read that word. Yeah, I think it is prorogue, but yeah, it's just prorogue. I think it's just because I like pierogies because they're dumplings and I love fucking dumplings and sure, look. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> fucking hell. Adam Winston sent us in uh, his WWF slash wrestling starting 15 for a rugby team. Right? I'm going to run through it very quickly and then given the three of us are absolute marks, I figured... We could easily top this. We could easily top this team. So, and I actually love his front row, but I think it's it's probably more reflective of the amateur era of rugby. He's gone earthquake and typhoon as uh, loose head and head tops, and Yokozuna as hooker. Right? His second row, and Kane. Solid, solid second row and then his back row who's that you, you broke uh, up there Danny who's that the, uh, two locks Undertaker and Kane second row partnership like, that's you're not going to top that to be fair right then back row of Animal and Hawk at 6 and 7 Brock Lesnar playing 8 so, so as, as far as packs go that's not a bad pack a bit old school for my liking it is a bit old, that's what I see, and this is why I said WWF, because a lot of lads in there that are of the WWF era, Graham, thank you very much. Brock Lesnar. Oi. Scrum half, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, Fly half. Fly half, and this is one that I don't agree with. Fly half, Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh. Uh. He's got a centre partnership. At 12, The Rock. At 13, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's got the ultimate warrior at 14. Liability. Liability. Going to give away yellow cards. Absolute liability. Going to go rogue. 100%. 100%. He's going to be a pro going rogue. (laughs) Well, there'll be a lot of suspensions, so you're right. Um, And probably for juicing as well. Um, On on the opposite wing, Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton at fullback. Jesus. It's not a bad team. Let's let's be fair. like I think that's a decent team. Merrill's just struggling here, trying to think of what can I say about wrestling because I really haven't a clue about the positions. In yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, just know Turkey because it's Draco. <laughs> Merrill was currently like, why is he naming numbers and why isn't he saying left back, right back, centre back, <laughs> centre mid? <laughs> right. That 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 wasn't that wasn't a bad team, and I've actually picked some of those guys. Um, yeah, so I, no, I, if I you're run... gonna be crossover. Yeah, I I run you through mine. I give you my reasons, right? So right. front row, row, I've gone for Typhoon and Earthquake as well. Loose head, tie head. Okay. Earthquake, he's your man to lock the scrum. Typhoon, do your key and Healy business. Hooker, right. Stone Cold in there, wrecking the gaff. Probably the captain, I'd say as well. 
Perfect. It's an interesting hooker choice. Interesting <laughs> hooker choice. Uh, let's just let's just remember Stone Cold. Uh, most of his career, he was wearing two knee braces. He's not running around too much, lads. He's uh, no, he's, he's the enforcer, not. setting the tone. He's got a he's got he's got a dodgy neck. Do you want that in the front row? Well, considering this team's never going to take the take to the pitch, I reckon I can take a few <laughs> chances with my selection. <laughs> I, I love how you I love how you bring up the two knee braces and then I bring up an injury you're like it's not a real team Dan stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'm definitely going to float between reality and like you know fantasy so it's grand it's grand right. second row fair, Undertaker fair. Undertaker absolutely he's in there for the he, again not a man who's going to go anywhere too quickly he's uh, he's also uh, very good around the dark arts that you need to play that position <laughs> I'm going to put a bit of energy in beside him I'm going to put Seamus in there wrestling's answer to Paul O'Connell Right now, back roll. This is where it gets a little bit interesting, right? Triple H at blindside because he's just a big yes. monster who's going to go around tackling people yeah. and and all that sort of stuff. The Sean O'Brien type thing. Open side. This is where you need the lowest of the low, the cheats, the fellas who do everything they can to get away with it from the referee. So Flair's wearing the number seven jersey. No bother, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, I thought about putting this next fella in a couple of different positions, but the back of the scrum was absolutely perfect for him. The Rock. Mr. Personality, a bit of flair, and he's monstrous as well. Perfect man for the back of the back of the scrum. Now, you need an absolute yeah. live. You need a cheeky bastard. You need somebody who's going to take every single chance they can get their hands on. HBK at scrum half, right? I thought you were building up to Max Mini for a second there. Uh, <laughs> well, HBK is only a little bit bigger, but uh, yeah, Shawn Michaels in the scrum half now. I'm not necessarily... Wrestling fans will probably not be too impressed with this. I was never a big fan of Sting. But I respect the craft. I respect the man. So put Sting in number 10. He's 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 your authority. He's the guy with the control. Uh, and he's got that poker face on him as well. You're not going to rattle him. That's what you need for your number 10. Um, right, my wingers. Here's where I've gone for a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of Daredevil. Jericho on one wing. Rob Van Dam on the other. You yes. need a few Luke Cannons yeah. there who are also tough as nails. A little bit undersized, but that's not a problem. These lads have buckets of uh, buckets of uh, toughness. So, uh, And then to try and try and tie it back to rugby a little bit, inside centre, Samoa Joe. That's so, not a bad show. Yeah, that's Samoa, not a bad show. And you don't need him to be too flashy. You just need him to truck it up. You need him to just be a bit of a presence in there. Happy days. Yeah. Now, Dricko position, Mero. In the Dricko position, right, you can understand this. At 13, and there's a fella that I thought of putting him at fullback. I thought about putting him at second row. I thought about putting him at out half. Because this guy is a wrestler. It's absolutely physically and mentally, he is 10 out of 10 everywhere. He was one of my favorites. Edge. He's got oh, yeah. the He's a mad bastard. He's hard as shit. And he's, oh, he's, he's a lovely, was he six foot five, six foot six? Yeah. Big yeah. rangey outside, start eating up the ground. He'd be absolutely brilliant. And if you run down his channel, he'll cut you in two. Like the spear tackle, do you know what I mean? All he's over. He's got the attributes. He's got the attributes. And then look, a full back. Everybody loves somebody who's dominant. Ireland have Rob Carney. But Rob Carney doesn't quite have the uh, attacking flair that you want to see there as well. He doesn't have that unpredictability. So I'm sticking Jeff Hardy back in there. Boom. He's your, Jeff he's your Hardy. Jeff Hardy, yeah. Now look, he's gonna let you down every now and again. He's gonna fail a few. Uh, he's gonna fail a few. Yeah. few DUIs. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's definitely gonna be the spark back there. So that's my team. It's not a bad team. 
not a bad team. Hulk Hogan not in either of the teams. I knew well, he was going to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> See, this all oh, right. So, uh, will, will I very quickly then give 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 my my rendition of this? Yeah. So I've 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 gone for a front row of two two props, right? Of Big Otis because I love him, and who's moving him? Let's be honest, who was moving Big Otis, right? And then I've gone Bray Wyatt, and then. You've, you've thrown me with the Stone Cold inclusion at Hooker. I have to say, I wasn't really thinking of that at all. I See, I've, be, I, I've built my team around athleticism, t- athleticism, toughness and smarts. You know, you can't have Yoko yeah. Zuna in there holding you up like... No, that's... Yeah, no, that's true. Yoko... In, in the amateur era, Yoko would have represented everything about the game. You know what I mean? Definitely would have been <laughs> shift, shifting nothing but points and burgers. You know, <laughs> trotted well, around for... Most you could have chucked Andre the Giant in there as well, like. But you could have. Don't, don't think his body type works in the modern game. Now, well, this this is a fair point. This is a fair point. I I don't think I don't think I'm gonna do better than Undertaker and Kane at four and five. So I'm gonna leave them be. The back row, and you made a very good point around. You know, you need. Well, you said Dark Arts about the Undertaker, but then you said about Ric Flair. You need somebody who's gonna be able to cheat their way through games. You need that little bit of evil, if you will. That that. Lack of remorse. So my entire back row of gone with the NWO. I've gone with Nash Hogan and Hall. <laughs> nah, that's, that's a good show. You know what I mean? Like it is. No There's a lot of tall boys there. You know, I think they might uh, they mightn't do too well to break down. I don't know, man. I think I think that was well. Yeah, Kevin Nash's knee is definitely probably he could probably go into the second row more. So Errol still, just I had brain freeze when I said breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Ash blocked me on Twitter because he Did tweeted he, what, he tweeted something stupid one time and I went this is about five years ago and I went oh what is it at one o'clock in Kev Big Kev's house and he blocked me <laughs> we I, I, I met I met him uh, at an event before Wrestlemania 25 and no it was way. one of these things you go along you meet some of the lads and you get autographs and photos and stuff like that and like he was in this giant like cast around his arm and stuff, and he had a staph infection, and it was one of the most depressing things uh, I think I've oh. seen in real life. Why? Yeah, he just he just didn't give a shit. Like he was just there. There was no personality about him. There was no, do you know what I mean? He's just there to take people's money, and he was there with his big gimpy arm and all the rest. And um, do you know who was brilliant that day? Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard, one of the, the four, original four horsemen. He was there. Jeez, he was great. For, for one of these lads who's found Jesus, like he was still a good crack. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we met me and Danny met CM Punk in Vegas, and he was an absolute gentleman. I've heard he's a good lad. I've heard he's a very good lad. I've actually probably seen that photo of you and him, I'd say, have we? Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a gentleman. Yeah, you definitely have. Yeah, at, at one point he wanted to go to the bathroom, and Merrow questioned him whether he was coming back or not. It was. A little bit embarrassing for Merrow, but look, he survived. <laughs> we seen uh, who was it? Um, not Zane Lowe, but it was one of those other kind of MTV type English fellas. We saw him in one of the hotels like the night before WrestleMania. He kind of looks like Russell Brand. Alex Zane, was it? Alex Zane. Was it Alex Zane? 
Oh, I can't remember. But anyway, there was about four or five of us, and we said, right, let's just take the piss and go up to him and just be like, uh, oh, Russell, what's the crack? Can we get your picture and all the rest of it and stuff like that? So uh, apparently we weren't the first people to say that to him, but he was all right. He sat down with us, had a beer. Um, ah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what he was it's, really doing there without any pals, but look, sure. It's always great when you have that. I think I've told the story in the podcast before, but uh, I love those cases of kind of, you know, where celebrities get mistaken for other celebrities. And, like, it's it's always funny when, you know, they're all right about it and they can have a bit of crack. But uh, when I was in college, one of the societies new CD was given, uh, they either had Vincent Brown in to give a talk or they given Vincent Brown some award. And uh, I used to work in the radio station and there was a little coffee shop under the radio station. It was actually a 911, you know, like the garages. And uh, there was a few of us down there and uh, Vincent Brown was in grabbing a coffee before he went off to this whatever. And <laughs> I walked up to him and they're like, oh my God, oh, I love you on the telly. You're brilliant. You're absolutely brilliant. And him trying not to draw attention to himself was just very, oh, thanks, thanks, thanks. And trying to move away. And he's like, oh no, genuinely, like, you, 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 when you were on the telly, like with, 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 uh, with, with Giles and Brady, you're brilliant, man. I absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> Deadly. What did it he say? Fuck. I know, yeah, you, yeah that, that's somebody else. That's somebody else. Thanks. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> that's it. Fucking. I, I just just Google it. It was Alex Zane. It was Alex Zane. Took it, it well. Alex. Took it well. In fairness, he's probably never done heroin as well, so it's kind of a bit of a harsh kind of. <laughs> oh, here you, Russell Brand. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not suggesting that Russell Brand's done heroin. Not that I want. Not he was on heroin. I'm, he is. He, he's openly I'm fairly certain he's talked about that several times now. It's being facetious. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. Right. Sorry, Meryl. I have to get. I have to get a big word in for Danny there, just yeah. to. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. You're I can right. say these words. Wanda, give us one. I'll stop your head there. Um, Wanda Saka. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> um, oh. on, on to the Ruby World Cup then. Um, what have you made of it so far? Uh, yeah, it's been good. Look, it's it good. The the second day where you had like some cracking games, France and Argentina, uh, the oh, All Blacks, Argentina. the All Blacks in South Africa, and all. You know, it's, it's good games, but it's, like, um, kind of doesn't get interesting really. Well, probably to like Ireland have beaten Scotland now, and they just kind of have a cakewalk through to the quarterfinals before they get beaten by South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and same old, same old show by Ireland, I'd say. Um, yeah, I look. Like yeah, I work in rugby and it's the biggest event in our sport and all the rest of it. But it it just lacks a little bit that uh, like a Euros or or a football World Cup has, where like you just get day after day of like those three games in a row. Because obviously in rugby you can't play as often as you can mm-hmm. play in football and stuff like that. But I think it's been good. I think the um I think it's been a bit funny with the referees. They've basically been spending the last year. Um, saying you know like anybody doing dangerous tackles all the rest of it like there'd be red cards all this sort of stuff and then as soon as we get to the World Cup sure nobody's nobody's getting a red card or anything like that so um, yeah, yeah. That, that's a bit of there's been a few yeah there's been a few and I think the, the World Rugby actually come out and say that the referees have been yeah. be- be- below par shall we say um, hadn't reached their highs and then yeah and then uh, what's the Australian fella he got cited he's been done for three weeks now Reese Hodge. Reese Hodge. Reese, yeah. Hodge, Reese, Reese Hodge, yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. I kind of lacks the momentum of, 
say, a major football tournament in terms of... And especially as it's in Japan and the matches are on, you know, five in the morning, eight in the morning, kind of, you know, people having to make the investment to wake up and all that. I'm not sure how many people really tuned in to Fiji taking on Uruguay and Uruguay beating them, of all things. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm still terribly excited by it all, to be honest, to the point where, like... You sound terribly well, I had my phone open and I'm watching fucking Russia play Samoa. You know what I mean? Like so. No, yeah. there was no, there was there was some serious hits. You see, the uh, the Russian captain uh, went to school in in Dublin, and in uh, Rock, so, yeah. yeah, he's got this mad sort of Dublin Russian accent and all the rest. But like Russia only got into the World Cup because um, somebody else was disqualified. Um, they're a bit like uh, a bit like Denmark. In the Euros in '92, yeah. except uh, they're not winning. And <laughs> well, wait, wait, does this boil back to the whole post-match interview after the uh, Samoa game? He was—it was real, just like he was buzzing. It's real, like happy to be here, kind of stuff. And he's like, you know, oh, thanks very much to our Samoan brothers. You know, that was a tough game and all the rest of it. And he's like, we're just trying to—we're just trying not to get shown up. Like they're beaten by about 25 points or something. But like your man's bopping off the pitch, like still having a great buzz, even though two fellas tried to take his head off. Like you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't yeah. be confident of of Ireland getting beyond the quarter final. See, we're talking about national interest here. Merlo is very much on the ball, and he's interested. That's it. That's um, it. So I don't really have a huge amount of logic generally around this, but I just know Ireland are cursed at the World Cup. There's just a voodoo. We just, no matter how well the players are prepared, no matter how good the players are, something always seems to trip us up. Um, and I actually think they've done the job against Scotland. I, you know, it's 99% certain now they'll play South Africa in the quarterfinals because they'll come second in that in that group to New Zealand. Um, and I think, uh, I just think South Africa at the moment are still on the rise. I know they didn't win on the weekend, but I think they got hard done by in a few different areas, but they'll only get better as the tournament goes on. Yeah, as their pets really kick in, they'll, they'll do better. <laughs> they can't do that now. They can't do that. Can't, what? <laughs> and fair enough, I, I get it right I'm putting you on a dodgy spot here right but Mero between yourself and yourself did you see that photograph I did South absolutely South African team posing shortless yeah. yeah now can I just tell you right if you get the Welsh lads to take their jerseys off they all look the exact same every they single do not. first of all first of all what are you doing asking the Welsh rugby team to take their tops off and second of all that's now I, I some of those Welsh fellas after a match and they definitely don't have the toned physique of of a pet head boys. Uh, Dan, Dan, Danny <laughs> you need to get more dressing rooms mate <laughs> <laughs> you need to go cruising you need to go cruising around Aviva during the Six Nations trying to sneak into the dressing room there um, but just going back to Merrill's point though like I just think South Africa just going to have like the way Ireland played against Scotland you you won't beat South Africa like trying to you know maul them and crash over from close range and all the rest of it. Like you're gonna have to be really you're gonna have to have a really good game plan. But like South Africa have the best coach now that they've had in absolute years. He's brought back a lot of players from Europe, some of their best players. They you know they got rid of a rule that said if you didn't play in South Africa you can't play for the box. Um and that's that's made such a difference. They've a mad team spirit at the moment and everything and like they've got some weaknesses absolutely and Schmidt there's no better coach than Schmidt to kind of identify those um but I just think you need so many things to go right for Ireland to 
to win that game. I think it's going to be a tight one. It'll come down to kicking. You want Sexton on that pitch for 80 minutes. And like we all know that every team tries to knock the crap out of Sexton. And, you know, he was... He wasn't able to take kicks basically after 20 minutes on uh, on Sunday because um, it looked like he had a groin problem or something there as well. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too optimistic, and I just think there's a there is a hex or a voodoo on this Irish team, unfortunately. But um, I would be very glad to be wrong. Come here. Is there any um, is there any up like it, you know the way in a football World Cup there might be the odd upset in the group stages? Would that potentially happen in this rugby world cup i think I, I think you're going to see like so i'd say the all blacks will end up playing scotland in the quarterfinals um and like if scotland laid a glove on the all blacks that would be that would be amazing but like it would it would take scotland to beat new zealand in the quarterfinals that would be a major upset but i think there's so many teams that go into the quarterfinals that would be so evenly matched i think you're just going to get really really tight games really dramatic games Things going down to the very final kick. Like, if anybody watches NFL, like, you know, we get a good game in the NFL. The last two minutes are always brilliant because it's so cagey and, and, like, the game can go either way, all that sort of stuff. That's what I hope you'll get for the quarterfinals and semifinals for the World Cup. Um, like, Uruguay beating G is, yeah, it is, like, in the context of rugby and rankings and stuff like that, it is a bit of an upset. But, like, Fiji had a three day turnaround. So it kind of wasn't great for them, um. But so not taking anything away from Uruguay, but to something to capture your imagination, you're probably looking at like Ireland getting to the final, or Scotland beating the All Blacks, or something like that. You know, um. So we'll see how it goes. But um, like yeah. the top at, team at the, at the last that way. And I was hoping that, and even calling Argentina a bolter doesn't seem fair, considering you know Argentina do have decent enough record at World Cups. But that, that group in France-Argentina, you know, I was really hoping Argentina could call it. Um, but it, after France beating them, probably less likely now. So, yeah, and, and like, I think, right. think everything's going to be finally balanced. That was a, that was a cracking game. Um, mm, Argentina yeah. probably got a little bit hard done by. Um, but, like, you know, France haven't been rubbish for the last couple of years. They're just like, oh, it's a World Cup, let's go full France. And they just start playing this, like... <laughs> You know, amazing, amazing rugby that we we always get to see from France. So, yeah, like that's now that's that's a pretty tough pool though as well because um, as if I'm correct, uh, England are in that pool as well, and yeah, you know, I don't think like you know England got they got their win over over Tonga and um, like it won't be like France or Argentina, you know, one. Gonna that could, be, that could be an interesting group like England playing uh, France and Argentina. Those will be those will be really good games to watch, I'd say. Um, but like you know, after the first game in pretty much every pool, you can kind of tell who's going to get out of Ireland's pool one and two, who's going to get out of uh, New Zealand and South Africa's pool, and um, like Wales and Australia going to get out of pool D. So you know, it just it just yeah, it's kind of waiting around for the quarterfinals. I think a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think the the group stage draw this this time around probably was a little bit more predictable in terms of who goes through one and two. And the big was definitely New Zealand, South Africa. It's going to be one and two in that one. Well, Wales, Australia is a bit of a coin flip, I guess, as well. Wales probably did the slight favourite there, but Australia could turn. Yeah, and I, I know what like, I know yeah, what Errol's yeah, but, saying in terms of like you know, could you get like. 
you know, could you get uh, something like Spain crashing out of the World Cup that we've seen in the past before? Or like, yeah. you know, what can Japan do? I think Japan are going to give probably Ireland or more likely they'll give Scotland a real scare. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've, it's yeah. a massive thing. Like, host teams always get that, like, that little bit of extra push from, like, being in their own country. And, like, they, they took the Japanese national team players. They took them all out of, like, Super Rugby and wherever else they were playing. And, uh, like, they've basically been training for six months. Um, mm. So they went, they got a guest spot to the Pacific Nations Cup, which is kind of like... Uh, you know, when like uh, Canada or Mexico get invited to the uh, Copa America or whatever, uh, and they went in and they won it, like, do you know what I mean? And that's, that was a bit of an, eye ra- an eyebrow raiser. Um, so, yeah, Japan will probably, they'll get close to somebody. Uh, whether they win or not, I don't know. Um, and the problem, the problem with rugby at the moment is just that, like, all these sort of second-tier teams or the teams outside of, like, the top eight, they are all getting much better. They're making huge strides. The problem is the fellas they're trying to catch, they're they're just making more strides, and they've just got way more talent at their disposal and stuff like that as well. So it's, um yeah, like, it's, it's, it's tough for us to get that, like, wide-open competition that you'd love to see, like, in Football World Cup. Um, It'll get there, but it's going to take a while still, you know. Who's your prediction to win it? Uh, I said at the start South Africa, and I think I'm still gonna have to stick with that because, like, I think they've a lot more to show than they did against the All Blacks, and hopefully they wouldn't get refereed off the park um, the way they did against the All Blacks as well. Um, I wouldn't bet against Wales. You know, they're not the most spectacular team, but Warren Gatland is is a pretty canny coach. Um, they're very well prepared, and uh, yeah, those are the two that I'll be talking about. Now, mainly that's because my heart rules my head. I don't want to see the All Blacks win it again. And uh, God help us if uh, if England win it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Do you know what? I like Stuart Lancaster's England, I could tolerate. Eddie Jones's England, I don't think I could watch rugby for six months after that. Well, <laughs> see, the thing with Lancaster is he was like, you know, he was trying to get rid of that English arrogance and like make them real humble and mm. stuff. Eddie Jones has turned up and he's like, lads, be be brash and bold and arrogant and be English. Do you know what I mean? That's how yeah. he's gone at them, you know? So, um, that's it. Like, look, a lot of these guys are all pretty smart when it comes to coaches. It's the ones who can get that psychological edge out of the players. Um, they're the ones that kind of really are top of the tree and, uh, like, you see it in football as well. Um, like, you know, it's all about buying into who, the guy who's picking the team and, and believing he's making the right decisions and all that sort of stuff and how he taps in to make each player kind of respond, you know, because when you've got 25, 30 fellas in a squad and some fellas are going to get left out, um, you've got to keep the whole place happy and you've got to keep them all motivated. And I thought, like, a little touch of that with Warren Gatland just before the World Cup, like, they would a 45-man training panel and that was going to get cut down to 31 and before they made the announcement, he like he said to every player, look, you tell us how you want to find out the news, whether you're in or you're out. Do you want to find out face-to-face? Do you want a text message, an email? Do you want a phone call? Or do you want to find out in front of the rest of the group? And like, it's just little things like that that um, shows how much he's in tune with his players and everything, you know, so... Um, and then when you have that, you've definitely got a great team spirit. Like, Wales have just won a Grand Slam, and, you know... It's not always the flashiest teams that, that win these competitions, you know, and there's the teams that have uh, that team spirit in, in rugby. It's 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 absolutely crucial, you know. He's there years, he isn't he, gone? Yeah, 10 years. He's yeah. finishing up after this as well. And, you know, this is his uh, this is his swan song. And he's like, he's won, 
I want to say four Grand Slams, three or four Grand Slams. He's won a few championships and everything as well on top of that in the Six Nations for Wales. Like, he's been hugely successful, but uh, probably hasn't happened in the World Cup for them. And, you know, we'd love to see a Northern Hemisphere team win a World Cup. And uh, at the moment, you know, I'm not saying Ireland couldn't do it, but Ireland would need to go pretty much injury-free for the whole tournament. Because if you lose James Ryan, if you lose Johnny Sexton, if you lose Conor Murray you know, the step down to the next guy, there's a there's a big gulf there. Wales are probably in a similar boat, like they lost Alan Wynne Jones and a couple of other players, yeah. And I think that's where South Africa and um the All Blacks, you know, it, it doesn't matter who's in the team, they've got a really strong level of uh, of player there. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Do you think it was the right decision to leave Dev at home? Um I kinda of, like I don't know the ins and outs to it all, but I can only just sort of look from the outside as everyone else does. He's coming back off an injury. He's competing against a load of other fellas who are in, you know, peak physical condition. And there's a guy like, because he's six foot ten, as a younger player, he had to work so hard to put on weight because he's a beanpole. Yeah. He had to work so hard just to put on weight. He had to work so hard at, at body height. So, like, you know, just the basics of rugby is just being able to be low enough to whether you're hitting a rook to be able to get in low enough to like move another fella off his feet or when you're tackling the same thing or when you're carrying the ball everything or if you're in a scrum everything's about low body height when you're six foot ten and you bend over and your hips are three and a half feet in the air like do you know what i mean it's that that you're at a disadvantage because people can knock you over pretty easily so he's do loads of work on that and on his weight and he's got up he was nearly 30 by the time he became an established international and now he gets an injury, maybe he's a little bit knocked off by that. I think everyone kind of goes, oh, Ireland's line-out isn't doing great and you're not bringing toner. Look, if, you're, if your line-out revolves around having a fella who's nearly seven foot, then your line-out isn't very yeah. good to begin with. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think the guys who got in there, um, they're very different types of players. And I think the type of player Schmidt wants for like, you know, fast rook ball, keeping possession, all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure they've made a very... Uh, calculated decision on that and uh, if Ireland don't succeed I don't think it'll be through Devon Toner not being there you know yeah yeah it's a good point yeah, it's a fair call it's a fair call um, if you were given 20 quid right now to predict top Troy scorer of the tournament who are you going with uh, the starter would have said maybe Makazola Mapipi for for um, for uh, South Africa Um I don't know. <laughs> I just think there's, there's some player. There's going to be a winger out there for the All Blacks or Australia or South Africa who's going to score like four tries in a game against one of the minnows, and then he's going to pick up a try game everywhere else. So um, I, all I can say is, if I had that twenty quid, I'd waste it definitely. <laughs> I'd put it on the wrong guy. Honestly, like yeah, because it's just the disparity in some of the games. Like you, you get a who's not first plays in two of the the sort of you know against two plays against two of the lesser teams and he could play for one of the top teams and next thing he clocks in you know six tries in two games and he maybe gets another one later on but he's not first choice for the knockout stages you know so um yeah anyway you don't want to encourage gambling Danny. yeah um i do because i'm a grown-up and i'm able for it um (laughs) (laughs) better response me no just be a grown-up yeah we had a we had a long we had a long discussion about this on a previous podcast and I'm just taking the heel persona and running with it and being like, look, lads, if you can't manage your own money and you can't turn down a bet, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> um yeah, I yeah, I get what you mean in terms of uh 
yeah, you probably will just waste your money. One of the one nights we're saying he's. Are we placing bets on when uh, when uh, the Brits will actually leave Europe? I reckon twenty fifty five is a good one. <laughs> that'll be if they're lucky. If they're lucky, um, I can't see what them getting sh- out before that. What a what a brilliant shit show this is to watch all the rest. It's actually funny. We we've, we've a girl in work. Her parents are from Cork, but she's brought up in uh, in like England all her life. But she's moved over here now. And one of the lads in the office, one of the Irish lads, is explaining to her like what the High Court ruling. Uh, meant about like putting parliament back opening parliament back up and like I've seen it so many times when you see Irish people explaining to English people or American people why their politics is fucked but also knowing way more than the English person or the American person knows about their own country like it's just there's, yeah there's a lot to be said for and I'm I'm not saying the Irish media is a great bastion of fucking impartiality or anything like that but there's a lot to be said for you know picking up something that isn't the Telegraph or picking up something that isn't the Daily Mail. <laughs> because uh, you see in, in Britain... Some of those front pages today. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. See the sun. The sun's front page. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand how... Like, there's absolutely no credibility in, in, in British media. There's just not, like... Because you, you can't have front pages like those and expect anybody to say... I'm reading the news because they're not. They're reading a fucking propaganda article that isn't too far away but it's, it's from the same. Germany, it's, 1930s slash 40s. Like. But it's the same in the States as well. There's like there's no middle ground yeah, anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, all like, it's either like you're your hard, your hard left or you're hard right. And it's like, it's just it, like there's no place for like actual reasons, debate or conversation or something like It's basically if you disagree with me, uh, and you're and you're a conservative. You're a Nazi. And if you disagree with me, and yeah. uh, you're you're a lefty, then you're a, you're a liberal, and you want uh, you want people to come in and start murdering everyone left, right, and center from different countries and all the rest. Like, it's just, and that's the yeah, thing. Like, I I seen it. I seen. I went to I went to to college in England, and the lack of knowledge they have about the history of their country is absolutely scary like people who got top grades and got into university over there and like they've no idea about like basically the reason why britain left every country that was part of the empire like <laughs> do you know what i mean they left every country pretty much in tatters and disarray and like well, they just know. teach them they just teach them about former days of glory like but it's all ignorance like it's all ignorance yeah, and, like that's what they're really happy about over there like the, the less people know the easier they are to scare and the easier they are to manipulate and that's how things like brexit end up like this do you know what i mean well where, where did it come from where did it come back because danny was mentioning there about uh the credibility of british media it wasn't always divided like that though i know it was poor but uh, it has been yeah Ah uh, well, like uh, no, yeah, it like was, no. it was, it was that, like have their stances. No, but like it's just it's just so blunt now, and it's it's because what's happened is, um, in the news industry over the last fifteen years, particularly with the growth of digital media and social media and all the rest of it, right? What's happened is, um, the the newsroom, which used to be like, look, news page, the news pages don't have to make money; they've to they've to kind of serve a public service there. And now it's not. It's how many how many papers are we shifting and all the rest of it. And then you've got like all these newspapers are owned by like huge, uh, huge international groups and yeah. they're all picking a side. Do you know what I mean? So now like yeah. and, like 
there's plenty of people who'll tell you like Brexit is just being forced through because there's a lot of different EU laws going to come in that are going to force people to like uh, uncover offshore accounts and all the rest of it. And, like there's a big play essentially for the rich to get richer in Brexit. Like and there's certain there's certain big companies out there who stand to profit from it all. And like that's that's what's influencing uh, you know the boldness of front page headlines. And it's when you when you look at the language that's being used by uh, the the so-called leaders of the free world, um, and you've got like like eleven Supreme Court justices unanimously ruled that the prorogation of the British Parliament was null and void oh. and, and 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 unlawful, and yet the Prime Minister in Boris Johnson is is moving to basically say they don't know what they're talking about. Like and that that is baffling for a country that doesn't have a fucking written constitution as well. That that's yeah, somebody a should really write that game. down, shouldn't they? <laughs> like yeah, you know what I mean. Like that is a dangerous game to be playing. And you look at the flip side of it, and we're talking about at the same time all this is going on. The president of the United States is about to be impeached. Like ah, we're living, we're, we're living Teflon in Trump. a world. Well, no, it it probably won't oh. get through because the Republicans will hold them. But sorry. Yeah. Teflon, I've got a way more interesting way to talk about politics, right? Go uh, on the where was I going? Uh, um, I was going to Italy a couple of weeks ago for work, and in the airport, in front of me in the queue, with no makeup on, Bertie Ahern. No way. Yeah, right. And I found it really interesting because I was in a queue behind him for about ten or fifteen minutes, and you know the way the queues in the airports they snake around and all the rest. So you could see like all the people around when they'd recognise him and kind of what the reactions were. And it was really interesting, right? So, like, fellas, like, lads who are, like, in their mid-50s, kind of older and stuff like that, they're all, like, giving them, like, the little, like, nod, salute and all the rest, you know, how are you, Bertie, kind of thing. Like, yeah. no issues with them, right? Most of the women, and they were younger as well, were just kind of looking at him, like, with absolute disdain, like, you know, because of all the crap he got up to and all the rest of it now. What Bertie did compared to what politicians do these days, you know, <laughs> like just chalk and cheese. Like, but it was very interesting. But I did see one one older man who kind of broke the trend, and he was basically just giving him an evil eye for about seven or eight minutes, just basically staring at him from six six yards away. And I thought, like at some stage, he was just going to go up and start pointing his finger in his chest and all this sort of stuff. So it's interesting, like how people still perceive Bertie for all his um. For all his uh, ups and downs, you know. Absolutely, yeah, and I th- and I think that that's the thing when it comes to to politics. People, for whatever reason, they they draw their lines, and they'll they'll never ever cross that line. They'll just stick. It's a bit like Merrow and his love of the IRA. It doesn't matter what the IRA. I mean, Sinn Fein. <laughs> doesn't matter what they do. He'll he'll support Shut them. Up, you bellend. <laughs> Merrow, what would you if you if you came across? Bertie, like, you know, queuing up for the bus or for the trainer, and, like, would, are you one of those people who might, like, would you just give him a fowler, or would you say something, or would you give him a nod, or a salute, or, like... I wouldn't, I wouldn't verbally attack him, not at, not at all. Um, oh, but I, I wouldn't entertain him. Yeah. We we I, were at the, we were at the uh, Roy Keane and Roddy Doyle talk a few years ago, in the RDS, and Bertie was there, and the lads are trying to force me to get into a photo with him, and I, I fucking stormed off in a huff. It's like, I'm not getting into a photo with him. Gary Mackle and Glenn, Glenn Lochran and, and Rob Cavanaugh and all tried to 
get me into a photo with him. Was he, was he, was he left? Was he left standing there like nobody's getting his photo? No, no, they were just like, come on over, come on. I was like, lads, I'm not. And then they were trying to push me towards him. They nearly forced me to get into a photo. He was sitting right behind me. He was like, Graham, not a Graham, uh, Graham couldn't stand the thought of being in a photo with a real Republican. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because I can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Merlo, well played. Merlo one, Danny zero. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll let him have that one. I'll let him have that one. Um, yeah, I don't know, lad. The world we're living in is mental. I'm just glad that uh, that we have a bit of rugby to look forward to. To be honest with you, so. But it's like it's go. like um it's like all the episodes of South Park and The Simpsons and all from years ago have all just mm. come come to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely um, nuts, lad. Like it's just ridiculous. Like, oh, it's just yeah. it is. anyway. On, on a complete side note, before we uh, before we finish up and uh, we all head off and have our dinner and see what else is going down in the, the, the wonderful world of Brexit, uh, wrestling question, a little bit of a, a, a sidebar here, but uh, what do you make of uh, Bray Wyatt and The Fiend? Love it. Right. Okay. I'm not watching any new wrestling anymore, lads. I'm oh, really are you not? I try whenever I flick it on, I give it all about five minutes, and it normally doesn't pass <laughs> about two minutes. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I love. I love. I tell you one thing. Does, does NXT ever come to Dublin? It was in Dublin last year, I think. Yeah, I'd go along and see an NXT thing because, like, that sort of stuff. Like, uh, when a few of us were over, they have in a Houston, TV but, deal now as well in America. They've got their own Wednesday nights. Oh, daddy. Because, like, we, got, we went to see Ring of Honor when we were in Houston. And, like, that type of show, like, where it's small and it's just lads trying to prove themselves and, like, just copying everything they saw from the 80s. Like, it's great crack. Like, it's just brilliant. Whereas, like, the full WWE product, like, and they do brilliant, like, bringing them, you know, making the women wrestlers, like, actually, like, part of, part of it, like, where you can actually, uh, they've got proper matches and all. Well done to them for that. Like, but it's just a family product, like. Do you know what I mean? I love the Attitude Era. Uh, I love the Steroids Era. Although I don't think that one's ended. Uh, <laughs> you know, I hope some of the current lads don't. Not in like, South Africa, hasn't anyway. Yeah. Uh, is anyone going to sign up like the uh, the you know the the Heaven School of Wrestling for like a deal or something like that? Because there's, uh, there's a quality Royal Rumble going on up there, isn't there? Oh, stop! Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Have you got? Have you ventured to? Um... Over the top wrestling, the Irish wrestling. I've seen bits of it on Facebook and all the rest. You'd love it if you're if you love the attitude here, you'd love that. Yeah, it seems to be a couple. Of, there's one. There's one as well. Is it ICW or something in Scotland as well? There's yeah, yeah, yeah. The one there's one in Cork now as well. Phoenix wrestling. They're all over the place. You should do a live show from one of these lads. Um, they're long. <laughs> They're long shows. Yeah, very long shows. We went to an LED show about three and a half hours long. No, you just you just pick like sort of like that like last hour of it or something like that. Get involved as well, you know. Merrow's up for taking a few bumps anyway. I'll take a I'll take a power bomb through a table. <laughs> <laughs> just to get a storyline over. Um, It'd be like May Young. Remember May Young going through the table? It'd be like that. So long as you don't give bear to a hand, I'm all for this. <laughs> um, and on that quality note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be- before we let you go, man, um, where can people hear uh, 
you talking about the Pro 14 in a more coherent way than with two idiots like myself and Mero. Oh, right, yeah. Um, so to everybody who's, to the five people who are still listening, uh, we, we've set up our own podcast in the last uh, six months uh, called Under the Sticks. So it's, um, we we produce it in, in Pro 14, and but it, it's about all rugby as well. And, and we get people, we get journalists on and players on and coaches and uh, we have a few regulars and a couple of the TV pundits. So we kind of, we've uh, we have a rotating cast each week, but uh, and we'll be doing two shows a week now for the foreseeable future as well because we got our own kit in the office. So uh, yeah, Under the Sticks, that's us. Um I think we try to say it's a half-baked analysis served up as authoritative rugby opinion and uh, the emphasis definitely on the half-baked element of it all. So, uh, yeah, no, if you if you didn't find listening to me talking about rugby totally off-putting, uh, definitely give us a listen. It'd be much appreciated. <laughs> Lovely. Excellent. Under the sticks. Love it. And if people want to uh, follow you on Twitter or whatnot, do you still? I wouldn't advise still... that. I wouldn't advise that. I'm very no, poor, yeah, that's... Well, I'd say. Yeah, that's uh, fair I just sit very simple at Adam Redmond. So uh, there you go. Yeah. So he, he is born though, lad. So just don't hit follow. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Roy Marrow, do you want to prorogue this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was building up to it. Hashtag prorogue. 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 Just say, I think prorogue should just be like you know that scoundrel Elad. You know, in the in the small bar of every pub in Dublin, you know what I mean. Just the fellow who's been at it for thirty five years, the old rogue, the old rascal. Just go, no, he's the pro rogue. Yeah, sounds good to me. There'll be a few of them knocking about anyway, definitely. You can listen to us anyway um, on any podcast. Um, just search WTS Pod on any podcast. Butchered that already, man. I butchered it already. I butch. You just do it there. No, go on, go on. I'll edit that out. I won't really. I'm leaving the scene. Go on, go again. Mer- Merrill, that's why. <laughs> that's why. That's why Danny's the host, and you're the talent. <laughs> I'm the face. You can get our podcast anywhere and everywhere on any podcast provider. Just search WTS Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, all of them. You can go to our website, WTSPod.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at WTSPod. He's at Dan Joe Murray. I'm at Merrigan Mania. What else, Dan? That's it from WTS192. Check out Under the Sticks podcast, lads. And thanks very much, Mr. Adam Redmond. Thanks for Thank having you, me, lads. Really enjoyed it. And uh, love how Merrill's using that uh, water bottle as his microphone. The, listen, <laughs> listen. One, one day I'll let him graduate to a real mic, but until then... Oh, Mer- Mero, can can you give us a triple H uh, fountain there before we go? <laughs> <laughs> I said, do the triple H fountain. Don't shit yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, That's you're it the, now. You're the liability, Graham American. But until next week, mate. There us. Well, Thanks, lads. lads. Keep up the good work. Loved it. Cheers. Well, look, cheers, Adam. Thanks, yeah, mate. Adam. Bye. Too sweet.